0: Welcome to another episode of a special podcast we like to call From the Archives. These are hand picked sermons and sermon series preached in our church over the years by some of the pastors, elders, and special guests we've had the privilege of listening to. We hope and we pray that as we listen to these classic messages, we'll be challenged in our walk with Jesus and encouraged to trust in him more and more. That being said, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another From the Archives podcast and this week we're still in Psalm 119. Um, Our sermon from John yet again is exploring how we understand the Bible. Uh, That is, it's aimed at helping us figure out what sort of book the Bible is. Is it a map? Is it a rule book? Is it a story book? What sort of book is it? Because we need to know that. In order to read it and to understand it properly for ourselves. Now I should note that this sermon was preached during a family service so there's lots of interaction with the children and lots of John's illustrations and language is suitable for all ages Um, but actually that's just a really handy thing for us listening back over it because it's a simple clear message explaining and showing what sort of book the Bible is. Um, I genuinely think that you're going to appreciate this and benefit from it.
1: Anyway, I should shut up and I should let you get
0: on with listening to Jonathan.
1: We need to find out what kind of book the Bible is, because that means uh, we decide how to read it. Now, let's have a little bit of a competition. Um, If you wanted to uh, get somewhere, which of these two books would you use? If you wanted to get somewhere... Who thinks we would use a graphic novel like The Adventures of Captain Underpants? Some of you, Matt, would. Yeah, which makes sense why he's always late. Uh, How many people would read a map? How many people, you would read a map? But be honest, who doesn't know how to read a map and you've got a sat-nav? Yeah, that's the reality uh, these days. Okay, if you want a good story, uh, would you read a novel or a phone book out of interest? You'd read a novel, not a phone book. Um, What happens if you want to cook some food? Maybe you'd use a cookbook or great experiments in physics. You could have fun in great experiments in physics, but I think it would do you an injury eating things. You see, um, to get the most out of a book, you've got to use it properly. And if you get the wrong book for the wrong thing, you end up very sad. You can imagine if you went on holiday and the only book you'd taken was a phone book. It would be a very boring holiday. And so how you view the Bible will affect how you experience the Bible. Now, all the adults over the next uh, six weeks are doing a series on the Bible where basically I'm saying this. uh, We should love the Bible because when we love the Bible, we actually love the God of the Bible who loves us with an unending, amazing love. We should love the Bible because when we love the Bible, we're actually loving a God who loves us with an amazing love. But if we get the Bible wrong, we'll struggle to know how we love this God and so i want to show you this from uh, psalm 119 and the first section the first section we're just going to do the first eight verses now before i read this um for those of you who aren't sure the word blessed or blessed literally means happy so when i say blessed think happy okay so here's a guide to happiness here's a guide to being blessed psalm 119 verses 1 to 8. blessed are they whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the lord blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart they do nothing wrong they walk in his ways you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees then i would not be put to shame when i consider all your commands i will praise you with an upright heart as i learn your righteous laws i will obey your decrees do not utterly forsake me i wonder if that was the first bit of the bible you ever heard what would you think the bible was about what would you think was the main theme of the bible i wonder if you think it's rules and regulations it's laws isn't it i mean in verse one he says blessed happy are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the lord and look at his desire in verse five oh that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees you know, lots of us think of the Bible like this book, The Highway Code. It's a book of regulations and rules that show us how to be safe, and we obey most of them, but not all of them. And really, there was a time when we learned them to pass a test. But since then, well, we know that most of The Highway Code is a bit rubbish, isn't it? I mean, come on, all of us know we've got lights, so we can flick the oncoming car that there's a speed camera. We all know that's why they're there. We just make up the rules and laws as we need to until we're caught. Um, And many of us think of the Bible like that. It's full of rules and regulations. Some of them we understand, some of them we don't. I mean, why do you stick to 30 when there's nothing on the road? I mean, they're just putting it there, aren't they? And it's a bit like that with the Bible. Why is that law there? Why is that rule there? And the Bible is full of rules. So sometimes you might think, well, the Bible is all about rules. And the other thing you might think is the Bible says that the happiest person is the one who can keep the most rules. That there is a rule hero. When you read Psalm 119, you feel like the psalmist is a rule hero. He is super rule keeper. Whatever the rule, he can keep it. You might know someone like that in school, in your class. You might be that person in your class. Whatever the rule is, you can keep it, and you can do it. And when we read the Bible, we might think that, that actually this guy loves rules. Have a look at verse 10. We're not going this far, but I just want you to see this. Verse 10 and 11 says this, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He comes across like the perfect guy he comes across like he's saying it's all about the rules and i can keep them that's how he comes across and sometimes we think that we when we think of the bible we think of perfect people we think of heroes um who wants to shout out some heroes in the bible except jesus because that's your first answer he's a little bit different so except, any heroes in the bible yeah Moses, he's a great hero. I love Moses, yeah. He, brings, he leads the Israelites out of Egypt. Other heroes? Oh. King David, a great hero. Yeah. Aaron Bach. Well, why doesn't Aaron speak through Grandad, which is a little bit different to the Bible, but we'll do it. Aaron, exactly. To Yaun, Yaun. who speaks on behalf of Moses. We love it. So, yeah, okay, great. So, Josh? Joseph. I thought you were going to say Joshua then. Joshua, Joseph, all the Jays are brilliant, yeah. Yeah, the Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know what? She is a bit of a hero, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she saves Moses. Uh, and Abraham, yeah, he leaves the land. I mean, there's loads of heroes, aren't there? Yeah, oh, one more. Noah, yeah, Noah's a hero. And when you look at them, they're not only heroes, but they're brilliant people. They, they seem to be perfect. But, you know, if we think of the Bible as a book about rules or a book about people who keep the rules, do you know what? We end up not loving the Bible. For a bit, we find it interesting, but actually, we end up finding it frustrating. Let me read something for you. Um, now, our favorite Bible in the house is one called the Jesus Storybook Bible. I don't know if anybody's got this. This is probably the greatest children's Bible. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Dayown. Dayown. Good good family, see? Now, so they love their child because they have this Bible. Have a listen to this. God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the earth. He wrote his message everywhere. Because God created everything in his world to reflect him like a mirror, to show us what he's like, to help us know him, and to make our hearts sing the way a kitten chases her tail, the way red poppies grow wild, the way a dolphin swims. And God put it into words too and wrote it in a book called the Bible. Now, some people think that the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think that the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away, and at times they're downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is, it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one story. One big story. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It's great news, isn't it? The Bible isn't about rules and it isn't about heroes. It's actually all about God and the way he loves us. Now, let me tell you four very quick things this morning. Here's the first thing. The Bible isn't about rules. It's really not. There are rules in the Bible, but it's not about rules. The Bible doesn't come and say, do this and God will love you. In fact, every time God asks someone to do something, he's done something for them first. God always comes and creates or saves or rescues and then gives us things to live by. He always comes for us first and then he gives us rules. But can you imagine a world without rules? Can you imagine what it would be like? Now, some of you think, wow. Life without rules would be amazing. Can you imagine going to Oakwood? Because when I go to Oakwood, if you go on a school trip to Oakwood, this is what the teachers tell me, there are so many people there, and so many rules and regulations and queues, that you can go to Oakwood and spend all day queuing to go on two rides. That's all you get to do. Can you imagine if you went to Oakwood and you got rid of all the staff who ran the queues and ran everything, and... Sold the popcorn so you could just take as much popcorn as you wanted to. I think awkward for two hours would be the closest thing to heaven you ever know. You could just barge your way into a queue. You could go on the ride three times in a row. You could fill yourself with popcorn and pop. And then what would happen? The popcorn and pop would come back up. The bigger children would barge you off. And then the ride would start to break down. And before you know it... Awkward without rules becomes a very dangerous place and you would all look like this child. This is what you'd look like. A little crying child in a theme park. That's what happens when you Google crying child in theme park. That's what you look like. And so the Bible isn't about rules, but there are rules in there that are for our good. You know, uh, last term, I was taking Noah to football and they made an announcement, very much like the kind of announcement I make in church, we need someone to help lead the football club. Now, if you don't know me, let me explain a very important fact about me. I have no clue about any sport of any kind, in particular football. It was one of the only occasions where I could go, they really don't need me. Because if I had helped in football, this is the kind of scene that would have been happening every week. Because, you see, if I had been the referee, I would have got it wrong. And parents, it seems, even of six-year-old kids, get very angry when the rules aren't kept to. You see, if you have a referee who doesn't know what they're doing, everybody ends up sad. Can you imagine a game where the referee was just getting things wrong all the time in football or rugby? It wouldn't be good. So whilst the Bible isn't a book about rules, there are rules in there which are for our good. And they're good rules. And life is better with those rules. But secondly, here's more important. The Bible is about a ruler. The Bible is about the fact that there's someone who rules everything. There's someone who is in control. And you know what? Life is much better when there's someone who is in control, when there's someone who leads. We have a weekly children's club uh, in church called Google and Google+. And one of the most important things in Google is to rule the club. Because I tell you, the kids that come, I'm not going to name them. One of them's mine. (laughs) But if you don't rule them, you go grey within half an hour, and kids end up crying, and it's all very embarrassing. Actually, the best thing for Google Club to go well is to be ruled, to be led, and everybody loves it. And you know what? Our world is ruled. Do you know, when things aren't ruled properly, it ends up in frustration, doesn't it? Can you imagine if there had been a World Cup played in our country where perhaps there was debate about whether the referee had ruled correctly? Um, <laughs> I am very glad that we don't get scenes like this in the world where God has to run off and sprint down out of the uh, stadium because people don't agree with what he's doing. Caroline is actually crying at this point. Sorry, uh, Caroline, uh, to bring that up. It's a very painful experience. Thankfully, our God rules, and he knows what he's doing, and we can trust his rulings. So the Bible isn't about rules, but it is about a ruler. It's about a king who loves us and knows what he's doing do you know it's not about heroes either here's the next thing you know it's not about people who can keep all the rules it's not about people who are perfect sometimes we think that the psalmist is perfect we think that he's saying he's perfect um but he's really not and i don't even think he's saying that the happiest people are the perfect people now confusion comes here with the word blameless do you see it there in verse one blessed are those whose ways are blameless and then you say, well, a blameless person is a perfect person. Now, this will sound like double speak from 1984, but I'll say the sentence anyway. Blameless does not mean blameless. Now, what's that all about? He's a very liberal man up the front here. What do I mean? Well, when you read the Bible, the most important thing you can do is read the Bible in its context. So when you read a book of the Bible, or when you read a word in the Bible, you've got to ask the question, well, what does this mean in the rest of the Bible? You can't just take a verse, take it out of its context, take it out of its place and say, well, I think the word means that, therefore the Bible teaches that. So when I read, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, I go, well, blameless must mean they've never done anything wrong, that they're perfect. Therefore, perfect people are the happy people. But does the Bible ever use blameless to mean what we think is blameless, what we think is perfect? You ready to dig around a little bit? Let's look at some of our heroes and see what the Bible, indeed, what God says about them. Let's have a look at some blameless people in the Bible. The first one is Abraham. Someone said Abraham was a hero, and he really was a hero. He listened to God's voice. He followed God. He did everything God wanted him to do. And then in Genesis 26, verse 5, it says this. God speaks and says, Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him. Keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. Did Abraham do everything that God required of him? Keep all his commandments, his decrees, and his instructions? Who wants to say yes, hands up? Who wants to say, no, I'm pretty sure Abraham got some things wrong, like pimping out his wife as his sister. That's pretty wrong. Not trusting in God's covenant promises for a child at the time. So what's going on? Is God in heaven and he only pops in on us once a day and if we look like we're obeying he ignores the rest of the day or does God mean something else let's dig a little bit deeper because you go going oh, ask just one example John you know I like to dig deeper turn with me or I'll read it to you 1 Kings 3 verse 14 this is talking about David King David another hero now, when God comes to Solomon, David's son, in a vision, in a dream, this is what God says to him in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 14, to Solomon. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands, as David, your father, did, I will give you a long life. Did David keep all the commands and decrees? Hands up, who thinks David was perfect? Hands up, who thinks David didn't go to war when he should have, committed adultery and killed a man? again does god not know what's going on well we better dig a little bit deeper what about noah another great hero in noah genesis it says in genesis chapter 6 verse 9 noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with god and he got off the boat and got drunk and naked just to make sure you understand getting drunk and naked is not a good thing Uh, that's really not allowed according to the bible So what's going on here? God seems to be saying these men were blameless and perfect, but yet in his Bible tells us that they weren't blameless and perfect. So what does it mean to be blameless? Because for me, I want to understand the Bible and what God is saying. I don't want to understand what other people think it's saying. I want to understand what the Bible is saying. What does it mean to be blameless? Well, to be blameless doesn't mean to be blameless, as we understand it. It doesn't mean to be 100% perfect. Actually, did you notice the phrase with Noah? Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Blamelessness and walking with God in the Old Testament are the same. It's not about being 100% perfect, but it's about your direction. It's about where you're walking and whom you're walking with. The blameless one, the blessed one, the happy one, is the one who walks with God in his direction. Still not sure? Turn with me to Psalm 1. Go all the way back to the first Psalm. Psalm 1. Got to make sure I prove to you from the Bible conclusively that this is the way. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Do you see? Do you see the comparison? To walk in the way of sin, that's the way not to be happy. But not to walk in the way of sin, but to walk in the way of the word, the way of God, that's blessedness. You see, blamelessness in the Bible is not about being 100% perfect. It's about walking with God in God's direction. In fact, the New Testament will add in Romans, and it states it in Genesis, that actually it's trusting in Christ. And that's credited to us as righteousness. That's how it works. Some of us, you see, deep down, still think the Bible is a rule book. Some of us, deep down, still thinks that we need to be the rule hero, keeping all the rules. And if I keep all the rules, then God will really love me. The Bible comes and says it's not a rule book, but it's about a ruler. And it's not a book about heroes. Really, if you wanted to have a good word for blameless, uh, Christopher Ashe in his great book on Psalm 119 says a better word might be integrity. Integrity. That is, the blameless man or woman is the same on the outside as they are on the inside. They're not hypocrites. You see, that was the problem with the Pharisees in the New Testament, wasn't it? On the inside, they weren't perfect, but on the outside, they tried to show they were perfect. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're hypocrites. Actually, the blameless person isn't the one that tries to put on a perfect front, but is honest about their internal struggles, is real about it, is real with God, and is real with other people. And so walks the God path with God. That's what it means. So... Who was saved from the death process in the Old Testament? There was Elijah, and there was another one before him. Who can remember? Enoch. And what does this say about Enoch? Enoch walked with God, and he was no more. That's what happiness is. Happiness is walking the God path with God. You see, Christianity isn't about a ticket, but about a journey. It's not that I get a ticket to go to heaven and that's the rest of my life. No, no, no. I become a Christian who starts a journey with God. God wants me to follow him and live for him. Do you know the psalmist knew he wasn't perfect? Do you know you get 175 verses... Of, I love your law, your law is great. Wow, can you think of any more rules, God, to give me? 175 verses. It, it keeps building like a crescendo. You get a midnight in the middle, but it keeps building. Look, your law, your law, your law, your law. 175 verses. And do you know how the psalm ends? It's the most disappointing, bizarre ending to any psalm and any chapter in the Bible. After 175 words of, your law is perfect, and I'm making everybody else think I'm perfect, you get to verse 176. This is how the psalm ends. Have a look. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. So when he says at the start, the one who is blameless is blessed, Actually, in the next stanza, verse 9, he goes, how can a young man keep his ways poor? poor?" And at the end, he says, because I'm like a wandering sheep. Do you know what the difference is between a sheep and a dog? I wish I had a good punchline because it sounds like a joke, but it's a genuine question. Um, What's the difference between a sheep and a dog? Um, You see, a dog, if it runs away or gets lost, will tend to find its way back. A dog will look for its owner. A sheep who gets lost or runs away? doesn't come back, just gets into all kinds of trouble. And the truth of the Bible is actually we're like sheep, not dogs. We stray, we go away from God, and we're never going to find our way back to him. But the amazing news is this, one writer put it like this, we are prone to wander, but God is prone to pursue, and he's faster. I'll read that again, we are prone to wander, but God is prone to pursue, and he's faster. You see here's the here's the bottom line the bible isn't about heroes because if the bible was about heroes we would read the bible and go like this I wish I was like him I wish I could be as perfect as Moses I wish I could be as perfect as David and here's the thing none of us can and we'd end up reading the bible loving it until we fell short of the other heroes you see none of us deep down wants to be the hero we'd like to be But when you get into danger, you know you don't want to be. If you lived in Gotham City and you were attacked by all the bodies of Gotham City, you would be gutted if a voice from the sky turned around to you and said, you were the hero, you deal with it. You don't want that to happen. You want Batman. Batman, exactly. So you've got the Jesus, Bory, Book, Bible, and Marvel in your house. That's all you need. Well done. Caleb's right. You want Batman to come and save you. The great news of the Bible is this. It's not about heroes, but finally, it is about a hero. For those of you who are a little bit older, Bonnie Tyler was indeed correct. I need a hero. And do you know what? The Bible is all about a hero. The one person who kept all the rules. The one person who followed the God path perfectly. The one person who walked the God path alone at one point so that they could take all the blame in our place and that person is the baby in the crib who grew up to be a man called jesus who did everything right and did it for us do you know what we struggle to keep the rules but the rules are there for our good but god doesn't expect us to be the hero because he sent jesus to be the hero to die for us and so when we trust in jesus he takes away all our sin and all our blame and he makes us righteous and he doesn't just save us and say so there we are off you go he saves us and says so come on walk with me follow my ways follow my laws and you will love them because they're mine so in conclusion let me end with this challenge to you when you read the bible don't look for laws so that you can impress god When you go to the Bible, look for the story about God's love of you. Look for the story of the hero who died for you. And when you found that story, and when you love that story, ask, how do I live with a hero? How do I live with a ruler? How does he want me to live my life? And that's the happy life. That's the blessed life. Let's pray.
0: Well, that's it for another episode of our From the Archives podcast. We hope that you found it challenging and encouraging. And as always, we'd like to offer you a few quick next steps that you can take right now. If there's anything that you'd like to discuss or any questions that have been raised, please do contact us via email to contact If you want to know more about what's going on in the life of the church, make sure that you like us on Facebook. And lastly why not check us out on YouTube, where you'll find additional teaching to complement our regular sermon podcast and our From the Archives podcast. Thanks for listening.